All right, let's start with James chapter number five. <laughs> James chapter number five. Uh, something was pointed out to me the other night. I misquoted something, so I want to straighten it out. And I had to do some research on it to make sure uh, what it was. <clears throat> so I checked on it, made sure. Uh, James chapter number five. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Verse four. Behold, the hire the labor who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped down are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. And I said, Sabbath. The Lord of the Sabbath, and it was pointed out to me, Sabaoth is supposed to be the Lord of the Host. So I looked it up. I I seen I don't I wasn't privy to Doctor Ruckman's notes. I looked it up, seen what he had to say, but I looked for his cross references. His cross references say Lord of Hosts in the Old Testament, but he didn't use Scripture. To he used Scripture, but he didn't use the Scripture where this thing needs to be quoted from to be able to show you that's exactly what it means. Amen. I'll give you an example. A lot of times people say the Bible says, and then they run to a different reference, a different source. And just because you pull up two verses of Scripture doesn't mean that's what it means. I looked up in the back of Strong's Concordance. Strong's Concordance there says Lord of Armies. Uh, and several different places says armies, which you could say armies and host, whatever. But let's go to Romans chapter number 9. Romans chapter number 9, the same word, Sabaoth, not Sabbath, but Sab. Sabbath oath shows up again in Romans chapter number 9, verse 29. And Isaiah, which is Isaiah, saith before, except the Lord of what? Sabaoth hath left us a seed. We had been to uh, Sodom and been like unto Gomorrah. So where's that quoted from? That's quoted from Isaiah chapter number 9, Let's, or 1. Let's see what Isaiah 1 says. Dr. Roman gives you a note of Isaiah 9-7. 9-7 says he's the Lord of hosts, but it doesn't say Sabaoth is the Lord of hosts. It just gives you, he gives you several references where it mentions the Lord of hosts. But Isaiah 1-9 is the quote in Romans over there in 9-29. Verse 9 says, except the ward of... See, there you go. So when you compare Scripture with Scripture, you see Sabaoth is what? Host. You understand? See, we got the definition from the Bible itself and not just a quote from a man. I want to, I want to prove all things. That's what we're supposed to do. If I misquote something, I want, to, I want to make sure that it's right. So I go to the Scriptures, and the Scriptures here says, the Lord of hosts has left this very small remnant. Well, in uh, I, Romans 9 there, it said seed, didn't it? So, so God's likening that it's a group of people is the seed. You understand? And we would have been as Sodom, or Sodom, and we would have been like unto Gomorrah. So thank God he's given us a seed. Now we can spiritualize that. You know, the seed is the word of God according to Luke, right? So we can spiritualize that. Thank God we got a seed. If I didn't have the seed of the word of God, I'd, we'd, our nation would be like what? Sodom and Gomorrah, spiritually, amen. Uh, Jesus Christ is the seed, right, of David. If it hadn't been for him being my Savior, 
Amen. And change my life. I could be just like them. Amen. What, what would make a difference in Sodom and Gomorrah's life? A Bible. Jesus Christ. But doctrinally, right, it's talking about a group of people, the seed, right? Uh, look at verse uh, chapter uh, 6. Chapter 6. Which book? Isaiah. Chapter 6, verse 13. But yet, in it shall be a tenth, talking about the city, and it shall return and shall be what? Eaten. The tenth will be eaten as a teal tree, as an oak, whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves. So the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. It's a people. You understand? So that's how you interpret Scripture with Scripture and see some things. So Sabaoth is the Lord of hosts. Uh, when I was in the Bible Institute, Brother Eastep taught uh, Zechariah. When he taught Zechariah, uh, the Lord uh, pointed out to him when he taught us that the Lord of hosts shows up four or 52 times. Boy, that thing stuck out in my head. <laughs> I've got that nailed down. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts. The Lord has many hosts. He has hosts of angels. He has armies. In Joel chapter number 2, look at Joel chapter number 2. Joel chapter number 2. Daniel is a Joel. Uh, there's a lot of people have controversy over what's written here in the book of Joel 2. Amen. I've heard some crazy interpretations of this. Amen. And there's no way they can bring up their crazy interpretation and make it line up with the Bible. Verse 2, or chapter 1, or chapter 2, verse 1. Blow ye a trumpet in Zion. <clears throat> Amen. Sound alarm my holy mounts with all the inhabitants of the land. It's not the whole earth, it's the land. It's the land of Palestine. It's, it's the land of Israel. Right? Tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and strong there hath not been ever the like. Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. And the land is as a garden of Eden before them, and behind uh, them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Now, a lot of people want to liken that to Isaiah, or Revelation chapter 9. Them locusts coming out of the pit, or that second group that's got horses there, and they try to liken it to them. Look at what it says, verse 5. Like the noise of chariots on the top of mountains, they shall leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, and, as, and as, as a strong people set in battle array, before their faces the people shall be much pained, all faces gather blackness. They shall run like a mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, they shall march everyone on his ways, they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path, and they shall fall upon the sword, and they shall not be wounded. They got glorified bodies. Isn't that something? You can cut them with a sword, and they won't be wounded. 
They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon houses. They shall enter in at windows like a thief. I heard a preacher say these things here are the size of dogs because they go through a window. A man goes through a window. Does that mean he's the size of a dog? <laughs> Hello. Amen. Listen, so people trying to make something physical on earth down here match these people. You, you can't do it. You understand? Look at what it says. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. Boy, ain't that something? The moon shall be dark. That's good. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. He is strong to execute his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? I believe that's us. I believe that's us in Revelation chapter 19 coming back with the Lord of hosts on horses, right? He's coming back and before him proceeds a fire. Let's go to uh, Revelation 19. We're his army. We're his camp. We're coming back with him. Amen. Amen. I, Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, and him who sat upon it was uh, called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and what? Make war. His eyes are as a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns, and he hath a name written that no man knew but himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now, listen, I believe he dips it in the blood of Christ that he shed on Calvary. I don't believe that's just necessarily Isaiah 58 where he's in, Isaiah, in Revelation 14 where he's getting the blood of the enemy splashed up on him. I believe before he comes back to deal with the devil, he's got his own blood present there. Amen? And so people can spiritualize and say whatever they want. Now watch this. He is clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, clean and white. That's us. How do you know? Verse 16, And he hath on his vesture and his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and he's got kings coming with him and he's got lords coming with him. You understand? And we're his armies. Amen. Revelation 17. A lot of people... Uh, don't understand some things that are spoken in the Bible and sometimes preachers will say something in the scriptures and uh, then they don't understand how it all fits together. Like a man, make, like Dr. Rutland made a comment in Revelation 4.1, a door's open. Somebody goes up. He says, Revelation 19, a door's open. Somebody comes down. And he tries to show you that there's a period between Revelation 4 and Revelation 19. It's called the tribulation period. Well, there's many trips through the book of Revelation. And he makes a statement that says the church is not mentioned from Revelation 4 to Revelation 19. Then somebody conveniently wants to prove him wrong, say he's a liar, amen. And uh, so we go to verse 13, Revelation 17, 13. These have one mind, shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with who? The Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and kings of kings. And they that are with him, right? are called and chosen and faithful. So he's got a group of people coming with him that are called, chosen, and faithful. 
That's, I hope that's you. I hope that's me. Some people sit back and say, God's going to leave part of them in heaven, and he's only coming back with the call of the chosen and the faithful. Well, none of us are faithful. Right? We're all called. Many are called, few are what? Chosen. So that chosen group, who is that? That's Calvinist. <laughs> no, it ain't. That's a joke. Amen. You, you, you. <laughs> Amen. Listen, he made me worthy. Right? He, he, he's the one that makes me faithful. Right? What'd you say? I said it was just the Baptist brighters. Yeah, it's just the brighters. Amen. Yeah, they're probably the ones sitting back at home. Amen. Sitting. Or the Church of Christ but the bottom line is, is everybody wants to turn around and say, some people's going to be denied the millennium. Some people's not going to be denied the millennium. Only, only those that are faithful and called and chosen. Well, listen, if God wants to strike me off the list for not being faithful to something, he sure has got liberty to do that. I'm not always faithful to read my Bible and to pray and to tithe and study and witness and do everything that God wants me to do. Listen, I'm sure there's a lot of red ink on my report card when I get up to heaven. I'm sure there's, there's X's on answers that I, listen, I didn't go through the Bible Institute flawless. Even though I had all the notes and all the answers, amen, in front of me, I still got B's and <laughs> listen, I got a bunch of A's, but uh, I still didn't answer every question. I, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I want to be, I want to be sinless, but I'm not. But I want to be faithful. So God's got a select group that uh, he may or may not come back with. I believe he's going to come back with them all. But I believe that people aren't going to be denied the lineum. I believe they may be de denied to reign. You understand? There's a big difference. They may not be serving. That's why I believe over there in Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter number 5. We'll compare this with Revelation chapter 1. Revelation 5 in one hand. Revelation uh, 1 in another. You know, some things aren't always cold, cut, and dry. Verse 5, Revelation uh, 1, 5. And from Jesus Christ, who's a faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, on him that loved us and washed us from our sins. How? In his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests. We don't want to hear that. A priest is one that serves. A king is one that rules. Right? A king is a person that is served. A priest is one that serves. Right? Priest unto God and what? Isn't that something? God's got a father. Wow. Show that one to Jehovah's Witness. Amen. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now watch this. Revelation 5, 9. I believe this is us. Revelation 5, 9. Well, let's read verse 8 to get the context. When he had taken a book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, uh, which are the prayers of the saints. And they, the saints, sung a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. How? By thy blood, out of every kindred tongue, people, and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and... Priest, and we shall reign on earth. Amen. Listen, God, God's got a group of people that I believe that it's in the church is going to be some kind of priest in the millennium. Amen. They got everybody believing somehow that we're all going to be kings. We're all going to be serving somewhere. But to wind up serving, you're going to have to become a king. And how do you become a king? Suffering. Suffering. You're going to have to suffer. There's a bunch of martyrs that lost their life, gave their life, and been, had their bodies torn to pieces and everything. I believe they get a crown of life, and I believe when they get a crown of life, God says, you know what, because you suffered, you're going to reign. 
Amen? And a bunch of the cowardly Christians that don't want to serve God, God will say, all right, here, go, go shovel uh, red heifer dung <laughs> and, and bring in buckets and cut and, and slaughter these animals and tend these sheep and goats and, and come and serve. Listen, there's a group of people that's going to be priests that's going to be serving God. And there's going to be kings. There's going to be people that's ruling in cities. Some's going to get to rule ten cities. I don't know who that's going to be. Maybe Paul gets to rule ten cities. He flat suffered, didn't he? Probably get a continent. Yeah, he might. Yeah. I mean, those guys get to rule. And, uh, and then there's people that are going to get to be the mayors, the governors, whatever. They're going to rule as kings. Amen? So I'm just trying to tell you, you got to rightly divide the word, and there's some things there that, that sometimes you're just a little cloudy. Let me give you one. Revelation 9. Revelation chapter number 9. <clears throat> you got to be careful when you read the Bible, and there's little, there's little catchphrases, and there's little words. Revelation 9, uh, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. Under the earth and to him, amen, was given a key, the bottomless pit. That star right there is an angel. He's given a key. So how do you know? Hold your place there and go to Revelation 1. Not every star in the Bible is an angel. Not every angel in the Bible is a star, amen? But there's similitudes and there's things that's lagging on to Revelation 1.20. And the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. Uh, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Now it said there were angels there. You listen to the average Baptist preacher and he's going to say, well those are pastors of the churches. Doesn't say that. It says angels. It means every church has got an angelic representation just like kings have rep and nations have angel uh, uh, representatives, amen, angelic representatives, and so the churches have them too. Amen. I'm glad God got an angel protecting us and watching over us. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't want him to do that. And it's a good truth. God can take the man of God out, the word of God out. He can do all those are spiritual truths, but that ain't what the book said. You just got to be careful. Back to Revelation 9. This angel, the key of the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Who's that? Well, if you read Revelation chapter 7, it's 144,000. Okay? It's not just saved people. This is a specific group of people. It's not going to hurt these 144,000. Now watch this. Verse 5. To them... It was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. How's, what's a torment? It's a sting. Man, that's bad news. Verse 6, And in those days men shall seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared to battle. Does it say it's horses? 
God saying it looks like a horse, but it doesn't mean it's a horse. You understand? On their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like on a scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. Then the king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, and in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. So it says it's like those things. It didn't say it had hair of a woman. It said as hair of a woman. You understand? It said it had crowns of gold as crowns of gold. It's as a horse. Now, how big are these things? Well, there's all kinds of preaching. I mean, God didn't tell us the exact size of it, did he? But he likens it to what? Well, but what else? What, what's the main thing they're called? No, a locust. How big's a locust? Locust is only so big. And the appearance of these things that are locusts, if he called them horse, why would he liken it to a locust if it's a horse? He says this little thing, this locust coming out of the pit is like a horse and a scorpion and a man's face and a lion of a, it's all as, 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 but it doesn't say it is, 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 is. You understand? So you got to understand what you're reading there. Now, because of that, verse uh, 12, one woe is past, and behold, there cometh two more woes hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which hath the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Amen. And four, the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, a year, for to slay a third part of the men. It's fixing to get bad. Everybody's talking about the, the end. Well, there's, there's, there's one year, one month, one day, and one hour. Amen. We're just going to be a slaughter to kill over two, well, almost three billion people. They say we're at seven billion right now. That's a lot. And maybe by the time this happens, it might be up to eight. That's, that's, so you minimum, minimum two billion wiped out in one year's time. Who's doing this? God's sending these angels, and he, he's got some things prepared for some folks. It's verse 16, and the number of armies of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. That's 200 million. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. And them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, jaces, and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone, and by these a third was a third part of the men what? Now, you got two different creatures here, right? You got the first part of Revelation 9, you got one creature. The second part of the Revelation, you got another creature. Those first creatures, all they did was sting. They weren't allowed to kill because death was taken on vacation. You understand? These here, this second group under the sixth angel, under the sixth trumpet, 
They're killing. You understand? Death is back. Death has arrived. God said, all right, you're done with your vacation. Get out here and now begin to start killing these people. Right? Verse 18. By these was a third part of men killed by fire, by smoke, by brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. I don't believe they're the same creatures. I believe they're different creatures. Now watch. For their powers in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like serpents and had heads. With them they do hurt and arrested the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of their works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders or sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Men still ain't going to repent. No matter what God's doing to them, their heart's so hard, so cold, they ain't going to budge. They ain't going to turn to God. They're going to blaspheme God. They're going to mock God. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying you've got to be careful because people will turn around and say, these locusts over here in the first part of Revelation 9 is 1,500 pounds. Did it say anywhere in there it was 1,500 pounds? Well, they say, well, that's the size of the horse. That's how big horses are. Did it say it's a horse? It said it's like a horse. See, men, preachers can get spectacular when they preach. And they can create things and create something that's not there. And next thing you know, everybody believes these lies and they preach all these lies. And down in the hills, go down there and try to change some of them hillbillies down there about some of the things that they believe. Because somebody spiritualized the passage and they took it literal and now this is literal. You got to be careful. It didn't say, I believe it's, a, it says it calls them locusts. I believe they're the size of a locust. Amen. I'd give them, how, how big's a scorpion? Huh? Scorpion, scorpions are usually from about an inch to six to nine inches. Depends on where you're at and where you go. You understand? I, can you imagine? I'd be scared if there was a two foot scorpion. Amen. How much did you say? Forty-six inches? No, I said Do you do you understand what I'm saying? The average scorpions are like six inches. His body's so big, and then his tail's about as long as his body. And he's got these pinchers that come out. Well, this thing, these things got wings. Now, if they're fifteen hundred and they got wings, and they put out the sky, the sun, that's pretty pretty big cloud. And I don't, I just I just think preachers get too imaginative and trying to make something there. The Lord didn't say they're horses. He said they're like horses. These other ones said, verse 17, and I saw the horses in the vision and then it sat on them having breastplates of fire. So there's somebody riding these things. You understand? Somebody's riding the horses. The first part over there, nobody's riding them. Nobody's sitting on them. It's a plague that comes out of the bottomless pit. Didn't say this other one come out of the bottomless pit, did it? But men try to make them both the same. You just got to be careful. What I'm saying is you just got to make sure Scripture lines up. And if you got the word like and you got the word as, you got to be careful. Amen? It's not, it didn't say it's literal. And that's what men do. They, they change it. I just want to make sure that I'm right. I want to make sure that I'm scriptural. I don't want to misquote the Scriptures. I don't ever want to misrepresent the Scriptures. Amen? And if there's a scriptural answer, I want to stick with the answer of the Scriptures. I don't want to stick with the answer of no matter who it is. Noah Webster, I don't care if Noah Webster's wrong, and then he's wrong. A lot of people quote Noah Webster, right? The 1828 dictionary is not the interpreter of the Bible, but it's got a lot of definitions, and we can learn a lot about the scriptures, but the best dictionary we have about the Bible is the Bible itself. And so that's why I was trying to point out to you this morning that Sabaoth is answered in the scriptures. 
When Dr. Rubman just said, well, it says the Lord of hosts, I'm just supposed to take his word for it and run with it. You understand what I'm saying? I've got to be able to prove those things. The Bible said prove all things, and I want to prove them. And if there's a biblical answer and there's a verse of Scripture that explains that, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the truth. And so, Lord will, and I'll never forget this. Amen. I'll be so savvy of this. All right. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I just, I'm in love with the truth. I want to know the truth and uh, never want to misrepresent the truth. I misrepresent the truth, and I'm, I can create a heresy, and I don't ever want to preach heresy. Amen. Matthew chapter 24. I want, to, I, want, I want to preach the book right. Amen. I think it's funny. I was talking to the kids this week. I was told that I didn't know how to rightly divide the Bible. I was told uh, Dr. Roman doesn't know how to rightly divide his Bible. I was, I was told... Uh, uh, that I, I'm an easy believer and everything else, and I crack up that when people say that stuff. I've, I went around the country preaching against easy believism, and then I was told I've, I'm an easy believism preacher. <laughs> and then I, I, I spend all my time and my theme on rightly dividing the word of truth, and based my whole ministry on rightly dividing the word. And then I'm told I don't know how to rightly divide the word. I think that's funny. So I think it's funny the very things we stand on we get shot at, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 24. <clears throat> Verse 3, amen, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And to what? And the world. I mean, you get on to YouTube, you get out there, everybody's talking about the end of the world, the end of the world. They want to mock the end of the world. They got a man, supposedly representing Moses in a long sackcloth outfit, right? Hold, holding up a sign, got long gray hair and a beard. The end of the world, the world's coming to an end. That's what I want to do. I want to get dressed up like that and go out and start preaching. Amen. So why? The end of the world is coming. Jesus said it is. Right? America's coming to an end. Hello? All good things come to an end. All your movies in Hollywood, for the most part, when you get done, say, the end. My favorite cartoons, Tom and Jerry, amen, they always come up and it says, the end. You know, Porky Pig, what'd he do? That's all, folks. <laughs> right? I like what Dr. Ruppin said. A mushroom cloud comes up behind. Porky Pig blows up behind him. <laughs> Amen. Listen, I ain't worried about Russia sending a bomb to America and ending the world. Ain't going to happen. Amen. America ain't going to go bomb Russia and end the world. You're going to hear of wars, rumors of wars, nations, verse 7, nations rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and divers places. All these are what? The beginning. We're, this thing's just getting started. Right? I read a Jack Chick's uh, track today on global warming. And they all said we had 500 days to solve this problem. Guess what? It ain't solved. Amen. All, all they're talking about is lining up a new government, a one world government to take all our money to, to subsidize all the things that they want to do. What do they want to do? They want to herd us all in, make us all submit to them. They want to be God over us and rule us. They don't like men having freedom to be able to go do what they want to do. Man, I thought I would have got amens out of that. It was silent. You guys like that? Huh? To do what they want to do? Listen, we got liberty, we got freedom. Amen. That's one of the things, big things in Christ. You got liberty in Christ. These are all the beginning of sorrows. Look at verse uh, 13. He that shall endure what? 
unto the end. We showed you last couple of weeks, this is a specific period of time. Amen. The same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom. Notice it's not the gospel of the grace of God. It's not the glorious gospel, right? This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is what Jesus preached. This is what the 144,000 is going to preach in, in the, the book of Revelation, right? That's what they're going to be preaching. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall what? So this thing ain't going to end, right? The church age may end, right? The church age is going to end. The church is going to be raptured up. That's the future of the church. And to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. You understand me? But this world ain't ending yet. There's some things God's got to get accomplished and wants to accomplish. And men's going to self-destruct and shoot one another, kill one another. And all kinds of bad things are going to happen in the book of Revelation. But everybody's trying to make the book of Revelation already in progress. The only thing that may be in progress is the first couple chapters of it. Some elements of it. You understand? So you got to understand that, where we're at. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And there's a specific period of time in which he is going to magnify himself above all. Then you can even imagine what's going to transpire in the book of Revelation. And in the end, he's coming down with all these crowns on his head. And he's going to come in stained with blood on a white horse. His garment's going to be soaked in blood. And he's going to go into Jerusalem and he's going to sit on a throne. And he's going to wind up ruling and reigning, and he's going to clean this mess up. Amen? That has a great story. Somebody's coming back on a white horse to rescue somebody. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And we always make that a woman, and it's not the church. He's going to yank the church out. He's going to call the church out. But then he's going to rescue the remnant of Israel. Amen. He said, then shall the end come. And then he says, when... Ye shall therefore see the abomination and desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. What is that? There's a key right there. When? Time element. What is the abomination and desolation? It's not the Pope. Everybody wants to talk about it being the Pope. When he entered into Jerusalem, he's standing where it ought not be. That, is, that ain't Bible. That's speculation. That's trying to make the Bible, pigeonhole the Bible to the current event that's happening in this world. The man of sin, we showed you last week, is going to sit on a temple. In a temple. A temple will be set up. On Temple Mount in Jerusalem. There will be a throne. This man carries a throne everywhere he goes. I was looking at pictures when he showed up over here and he's sitting on this big old giant chair. They carry his throne with him. That's crazy, ain't it? Then they got men that actually they put his seat up on a, on a thing like they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. You ever see the Pope in a parade with all those men? Got him up on, they got these staffs and got these men carrying the Pope. And he's sitting up in this, this chair and he's riding. He's riding on his throne. And when he sits on that throne, he speaks ex cathedra as God speaks. But just because he's doing all that and they're parading him around through the Vatican and they bring his chair over here and he sits over here, no matter where he goes, and they set his throne up and he sits on it, that doesn't mean that that's sitting in the temple. He's typifying, amen, an event is actually going to happen. There is going to be a person on the face of the earth, a man, that's going to be slain as the man of sin and then he's going to be raised from the dead and he will be the son of perdition sitting upon a throne in Jerusalem in the temple. 
All those things are pictures and types and foreshadows of what's eventually fixing to happen. Now listen, the abomination of desolation, do you know what that is? What did Daniel preach about? In Daniel chapter number 2, what's the main subject in Daniel chapter number 2? Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had a vision. What was that vision about? And all the men were upset because he, nobody could tell him what, he says, if you know what it is, you'll be able to tell me what I dreamed. They said, there ain't nobody can do that. And he told them. What did he tell them? He said, there's an image. An image of who? Nebuchadnezzar. It had a gold head, and right? And it, and it had silver and brass and iron and clay. Those images, it represented kings and kingdoms. And it's an image standing. Guess what they're going to do in Revelation 13? There's a beast coming up out of the sea. Right? And when he comes up, they're going to make an image under the beast. And the beast will be slain. And guess what the false prophet, the second beast, does? He heals the man that had the deadly wound, raises him up, and they make an image under the beast. And they say, guess what? You've got to have a mark, you've got to have a number, and you've got to have his name put on your hand or in your forehead. And you must worship and if you won't worship the image, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't do, they wouldn't worship the image, they were slain. These people would have their heads cut off. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in a fiery furnace. You know what the abomination of desolation is? It's an image of a beast setting in the holy place where it ought not. Where's that? In a temple. Where's the temple? It's not built yet. So everybody's trying to say, this is today, this is the church, this is the end of the church. Then they try to start spiritualizing everything because these things ain't happening. I'm letting you know the end ain't here yet. Because the temple ain't here and the man ain't here to show up that's going to do all this. And he hadn't been slain and they hadn't made a statue of him yet. And they're going to make a statue of this man and he's going to stand right. Listen, all those religions, especially over there, they make statues of all their heroes and their gods. Right? Man, we do it, don't we? Amen. Listen, we make statues of all them guys, people, all these great people. This one, he's going to be so great, they're going to make an image to him. Guess what? That image is going to speak. You ever seen a talking statue? It's going to come alive. It's going to talk. Amen. Amen. And uh, you know what the whole world's going to do? They're going to worship him then. They're going to bow down. And it's going to be capital punishment. If you will not participate. Everything's coming that way. Everything's heading that way. Right now they're talking about they're fixing to make checkpoints to see if you're vaccinated in Oklahoma. And they're going to make sure that it's mandatory. You're going to have to prove you, you've received these vaccines. That's what Obamacare is doing. What you doing? He's becoming like the beast. Amen. Capital and corporal punishment. Listen, that's what they're fixing to do. They're going to make all this stuff mandatory. And if you don't, it's punishment. You must purchase. You must buy. You must have. All freedom that we have is fixing to go out the window. We're fixing to come to a military dictator police state. That's what Antichrist is going to run the whole world as. Under their thumb. And you must do what they say. You don't do it? Boom. Why do I got to have a vaccination? Because they're trying to poison me. They're trying to get us online to do what they want done. You must have Obamacare. It's fixing to come to where, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you got to own it. You don't own it. What's he doing? You got to pay a penalty. And then you know what he keeps doing? He keeps raising those penalties. keeps raising it all up until he forces you that you've got to have. It's got to be mandatory. Or guess what? You're going to prison. They're fixing to make it mandatory. If you say something against sodomite, you're going to go to prison. 
What they're trying to do is torment you with fear and say, there's nobody going to rebel because we're going to put so many punishments in your life. You will line up and submit to whatever we dictate to you. If we say worship him, you'll worship him. We say not to worship him, you won't worship him. Why? Because skin for skin, all that man hath, he'll give in exchange for his life. Amen. It's going to come to be a capital punishment to stand for Jesus Christ. And church, I believe in going to church anywhere I want to go. When they tell you not to go and tell you it's mandatory, you lose your house, lose your life, what are you going to do then? Well, I can't go to that church. Why? Obama said not to do it. I believe well, I'll go to church of my choice, except uh, the government told me not to go there. I can't carry my Bible no more. Government told me not to do it. I can't tell anybody about Jesus. Government told me not to do it. I can't purchase or buy anything unless I bow down and kiss Obama's statue. That's what it's coming to. And they're making all these military checkpoints. See, that's the door that 9-11 opened up. And you go to TSA up here at the airport, unless they strip search you and go through everything you've got, then they can take stuff from you. I mean, there's people that's testified, heard them on the radio, that they watch people take things out of there and steal it, and there ain't nothing nobody can do about it. They get to where they can do anything they want to do. They want to take your wife and grope her and do all, they got liberty to do it. Why? Because they're government. Listen, there's a government coming on this earth. They will strip search you. They'll have checkpoints on all these exits coming up down through here. Listen, you ain't going to be able to go from one state to the next state. They already got laws saying you can't buy insurance in one state versus the other state. You want me to solve some problems as president? All right, let me, president, 2016, Cliff Parks. And you can purchase insurance anywhere you want to purchase it because you got freedom. You can buy, you don't have to, you, you, if Indiana sells you cheaper insurance, go to Indiana and buy it. Amen. If Montana sells you cheaper insurance, go to Montana and buy it. You need help. You need a doctor, and there's a doctor in Florida. Amen. Get on the plane. Go help that doctor. You understand what I'm saying? That's freedom. They don't want that kind of freedom. They want a man. They want a mandatory. They want to make you sit there and bow. That's where we're all coming. That's where they're heading. To where you could have a dictator ruling, and capital punishment is going to be everywhere. What Stalin do? Huh? Mr. Stalin, I watched a video with my wife one night, and we're watching this thing about Stalin and, and everything, and, and we're watching him, and Stalin pulls up to a vehicle, and there's a guard there. And uh, Stalin asks him a question, Stalin asks him his name, and then Stalin and them drive away. And next thing you know, this guy breaks out in that Russian dance, and he's, he's just doing cartwheels and flips and going. I said, what's, what's going on there? She goes, he didn't kill him. Because if Stalin usually asks you, what's your name? You're dead. He'd tell him, kill him. He'd kill people. He just randomly killed people just to keep people in fear. Get out of the car. Said, "See that woman? Kill her. See that kid? Kill him." Just he would just randomly kill people, and that's that's the way. Uh, that's just a type. Amen. What the Antichrist will be like. That's where we're heading as a nation. Trumpet. There ain't no there ain't no president going to come be our savior and bring us back to righteousness and Christianity. Man. How many people think they're going to elect some kind of president and they're going to get a president that's going to give us so we can still enjoy all the good things of life and, and enjoy the benefits of Christianity and deny the book and deny the God of the book and deny his religion and, and beliefs? It ain't heading that way. The abomination desolation stand where it ought not. Then, see, time element. Verse 16, then let them which be in Judea flee where? Is that talking to you? It's talking to a specific group of people. It's talking to the Jew. He's giving them clues. You know what they don't believe? You know what our problem with the Jew is right now? They don't believe in the New Testament. 
They don't accept Matthew to be the Word of God. The answer is right there. You think Israel's going to get that? You think that's written to me and you today? There's so many people that believe this is written to me and you. They, can, they have a hard time believing that Matthew 24 is written to a group of people in a specific period of time which has nothing to do with the church. Amen. In this day, in the tribulation, Daniel's 70th week, there will be an image set up in the temple. And he said, then, <laughs> guess what? He's going to turn, I just read to you Isaiah 6, 13, he's going to eat that seed. He's going to turn on that Jew. And when he turns on that Jew, he said, you better flee. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to cleanse the West Bank right now and create a Palestinian state. Where's the West Bank? Judea. They're fixing to push them out there. They're fixing to make a decree. They're fixing to come down and they're going to cleanse that and they're going to create a Palestinian state. He's trying to give you heads up what's fixing to happen. Judea and Samaria is where the West Bank's at. He's fixing to cleanse it. They're going to purge it. They're going to push all the Jews out of there. They're going to divide Jerusalem right down the middle. And they're going to split that city. And Jesus is giving them a heads up. Guess what? You better, you better just get out of Dodge. You better get ready because it's fixing to get bad right in the city. You know how many people believe that? They believe that somehow applies to us. They just shove it off the plate. They try to spiritualize it. They don't understand. They try to put the church and Christian in bondage because they don't read the book. Verse 17. Let him, amen, which is on the housetop, come not down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field turn back to take his clothes. Woe unto them that were child and to them that give suck in those days. Explain. Why, why would that be a problem? See, people are trying to tell you today, don't have children. People are trying to tell you today, not have babies. That ain't what it's saying. It's just saying, in this particular period of time, in this end time of Israel and the tribulation, if you got a baby and you got to run, you're going to, you're going to be, how's, how's a mama going to be carrying a little two-year-old trying to run to the wilderness and the woods? She's going to get caught. She ain't going to be able to run for her life. Every man for himself <laughs> and leave the little kids behind. You understand? You try to run with 50 pounds. Try to run carrying two little kids with you to see some woman trying to run out of town. And the husband's going, feet don't fail me now. <laughs> right? Amen. <laughs> hey, right? Amen. <Hey>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Love you, baby. <laughs> Hello. It's like a bear jumped out of the woods. Two men were hunting, amen. And the guy took off running and said, you can't outrun a bear. He said, I don't have to. All I got to do is outrun you. Amen. That's what it's going to be. Skin for skin, all the man has. Listen, that's what's going to happen. She better hope she's, she can get away. She's going to lose it. She's going to lose her life. She's going to die. Look at what it says. Verse 20. Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Amen. They're going to have to keep the Sabbath. They got to keep the law in the, old, in, the new, in, in the tribulation period. That ain't for the church. And as soon as you say that, 95% of the brethren, Baptist brethren, they just start getting their hair all shorted out. What do you mean it ain't for the church? Because they don't know how to rightly divide the Bible. They get so mad when you say it's written to the Jew. This is a specific period of time. It's during Daniel's 70th week. It's not the church age. Watch what it says. Verse 21, for then shall be what? Great tribulation. It didn't say it's the great tribulation period, did it? But he is letting you know right at this point, 
midway through the trib, if you understand the book of Revelation, wrath is fixing to be poured out from the devil and from God. And they're fixing to get it. Amen. And Israel's going to get it in the neck and get it in the side. According to Zechariah, two-thirds of them is going to be consumed and burned up. And a third will make it through the fire. Listen, God's fixing to purge Israel like there ain't no been no other purging before. He's going to get them right for saying, His blood be upon us and our children, and it's going to fix them to happen. Not only them, but all the inhabitants of the world. He's going to punish the hosts of the high ones. He's going to punish the, the nations. He's going to punish uh, the serpent. Listen, there's fixing to be something poured out on this earth at this point. Amen. You're right at the mid-trib point here. Such was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, no, nor ever, never shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, the days, those days shall be shortened. Now, they're not in Daniel's 7th week yet. They're still in Daniel's 69th week when Jesus is talking here. Jesus dies at the end of the 69th week. They enter into Daniel's 70th week. You understand? They enter right into it. They're in that period of time. This is the beginning of Daniel's 7th week. Jesus, they're, they're right at this point, they're about seven years away from the millennium. That's what you got to understand. And then they turn around and at the Daniel 7, Israel rejects. He shoves all that stuff out into the future. And then when the church is raptured out, he picks up right there where he left off. That's not a full 70 weeks of years now. You understand? Seven years left of tribulation has now been short because it's already been partially fulfilled right at the first part of the book of Acts. So it's not a complete seven Years, weeks of years. And God's going to have mercy upon them. Now watch what it says. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall rise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. That's happening today. There's people, I've seen at least three different men stand up today say they're Christ. The Pope says he's God on earth. And, and all the priests are little Jesuses because they can forgive sins. Amen. There's a bunch of people that are eating today, a wafer, and they call him Jesus. And they call him Christ. And then the Mormons worship another Christ. There's all kinds of false Christ out there. And there's all kinds of false prophets. And guess what shows up at the end? Lying signs and wonders because you go back then with the Jew and so all this ecumenical movement with Benny Hinn and, and all those guys are bringing it all up to get everybody prepared to worship the Antichrist amen and the false prophet so you got a group of people right now bringing all this in and promoting this and so much that if it were possible they shall deceive who the Calvinist who's the elect Israel. Amen. Then why is he called the church the elect? He really doesn't. But he does. Israel's a corporate group, an entity. Israel is the elect. And then Jesus Christ, his servant, is the elect. They're both corporate bodies. And when you get saved, you get placed into Christ. You're called the elect once you're in Christ. You understand what I'm saying? You're either part of Israel corporately or you're part of the body of Christ corporately. Amen? It's a corporate thing. Verse 25, Behold, I tell you before, 
Wherefore, if you, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not, for his lightning cometh out of the east and shineth uh, even unto the west. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. Withers to the carcasses, there will the eagles be gathered together. Second Advent, Revelation chapter number 19. He's gathering the eagles over there. They're, they're gathering right there now, getting prepared to feed at Armageddon. Now watch this, verse 29. Immediately after what? The tribulation of those days. didn't say tribulation period, but it says tribulation of those days. Shall the sun be dark and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, amen, from one end of heaven to another. That's the second advent has nothing to do with the rapture because you're not dealing with the church age here. You understand? There is a mid-trib rapture in Revelation chapter 11. Amen. There's a split rapture there. You're not dealing with the church. This is not the church. This is the specific period of time called the end. And at the end of that thing, Jesus is showing up on a white horse. So you've got to understand what period of time he's talking about. If you don't understand where you're at and this is the end and it's a tribulation, the church ain't here. The church ain't being talked about. The rapture ain't being talked about right there because the church's already gone. So people are trying to fit the church in this passage of Scripture. The church ain't there. The only place the church is in the passage is the few people that he's talking to in the beginning of Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, or 1 through 3. Amen. Matthew 24, 1 through 3. He's talking to a group of people that's going to be in the body of Christ in Acts 2. That's the only part of the church that's there. And he's giving them revelation as a person in, in Israel. As apostles. He's giving his disciples and his apostles instruction. You understand? And guess where they're going to be in the future? Revelation, or Matthew chapter number 19. And I'll finish. Matthew chapter number 19. Guess where these apostles are going to be? Verse 28. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me where? In the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit upon in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging twelve tribes of what? Israel. That's talking to the twelve apostles. They're coming back, and they're going to wind up ruling the ram. They're going to follow them into regeneration. When Israel gets born again corporately as a nation. Amen. They're going to follow that in that thing and he is going in and they're going to sit down on the temple and these going to have 12 thrones for those boys and they're going to sit there and they're going to judge Israel and King David's going to sit on the throne and Jesus is going to sit on the throne. Listen, there's going to be so many thrones in Israel it's going to be unbelievable. Who's he talking to? Well, let's go to verse 27. Then answered who? Peter. And said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? He's telling them what they're going to have. 
This is a future prophecy to those apostles what's fixing to happen to them. It's not to the church. You understand? Who are they going to be judging? Israel. See there, you've got to take all that in context. But they think God's done with Israel and it's the church and the church is going to reign triumphant. Amen. And the church is going to go in and the church is going to be everything and they're done pushed the Jew out the window. And they don't believe that God temporarily set her aside because they don't spend their time in the book of Romans. They spend all their time in Matthew, Acts, and Hebrews. But Nick, pray for us, please. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the good lesson.